Amen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's try that again. The word of the Lord. This is the second service. I mean, we're supposed to be awake and at it. It's Memorial Day weekend, which means two things. One is um, we're grateful for those that have fought for our freedom and, and died, right? The other thing it means is that we sit here on judgment on those who are at their cabin or on the lake right now because they are not as good of a Christian as you are. So I jest. Um, before we jump in the word, let me pray. God, um, we do thank you for the freedom that we have, freedom to worship. And it reminds us, God, as we think about your followers all over the world who worship this weekend, um, that many, many don't have that freedom. And so we pray for their safety. We pray that the gospel would be good news to them and good news to those they share it with. And then, God, we pray for our community that is scattered around this weekend at cabins, with family. God, I pray that in everything we do, whether it's sitting in this room or sitting on a boat, that you would be worshiped, that you would be glorified. I pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all God's people said, Amen. We are in a little bit of a different series. Let me set it up and uh, invite you to do a couple of things. One is, this morning's going to be a little different. So if you have a pen, Pull a pen out, grab your bulletin. If you have your Bible, get ready to open your Bible. Um, if you don't have something to write it with, because you're really going to need to do this, take your phone out. If you have a PDA phone, take it out. You're going to jot some notes on the little thing on the iPhone app, the Note app. If you have another kind of phone, I don't know what you do on that. It's probably worthless anyway. Um, <laughs> Apple pays me every time I make a promo for Apple. Um, but we, we want this to be interactive. We're in this series we're calling Wired where we are trying to get our minds and hearts around how God has made us. And so we started by saying the very mission that was given to the early church to go and make disciples is exactly what we're doing today, right? That we're continuing that same mission, trying to help people put the complete, their complete trust in Jesus Christ, receiving forgiveness, submitting to his leadership, completely putting their life under Jesus Christ. That's making disciples. And what we believe is that as we do that, if we get more and more of a sense of who we are, how we're wired, how we're shaped, then when we are that disciple out there in the world, that we will make more and more of a significant difference in the name of Jesus Christ. And that's why we're doing this series. We want you to understand how God has made you so you can be the greatest game changer out in the world that you possibly can be. Last week, we started off in Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. And it's a great passage, many of you know, for by grace are you saved. It's not of works. There's nothing that we can do to earn God's favor. It's completely God moving towards you. Everything that you receive from God. But we realize as we understand more and more of that grace that's happening in our lives, we get this probably more clear picture that we are created as a masterpiece. We said last week, you're not a mistake. You're not an accident. You're not what somebody else said about you, is saying about you. You're not what culture, the last magazine says. You are a masterpiece created in the image of God and you have a purpose. Everyone in here, you have a significant purpose in how you live as a follower of Jesus Christ. Rick Warren said this, we said it last week. Instead of trying to reshape yourself like somebody else, and some of you just need to write that down. Instead of trying to reshape yourself like somebody else, so many of us spend so much time and energy trying to be something we never will be. 
or living out of this place of someone has said this about us, so that sort of begins to define us. Instead of living out of those places, the invitation in this series is you should celebrate the way God has shaped you. Celebrate, celebrate the way God has shaped you. We're basing a lot of this on a great little book called Shape by Eric Reese. Um, it's out of the church called Saddleback. Rick Warren, you probably read The Purpose Driven Life. And we're looking at this acrostic shape. We're going to look at spiritual gifts, our heart, our passions, our abilities, our personality, which plays into this, and our experiences. So this morning we're going to look at the first two. And uh, as I said before, I'm going to ask you to think a little bit, maybe be a little bit, inter- little bit interactive. We're going to look at our spiritual gifts and we're going to look at our heart. The passage that was read is this, 1 Peter 4, 7 through 11. The end of the world is coming soon. Let's go ahead and close up church and just head out, right? Real encouraging words. Let, let me do say this because uh, the end times discussion is often one of the more popular discussions. 2,000 years ago, they thought it was happening tomorrow. Just like many of us hope that Jesus will come and restore and make things right. This is not a new phenomenon. There's a hope and a promise in Jesus coming back into a broken world and bringing heaven to earth. That's what we hope for. That's what we pray for. It's nothing new, especially in Peter, to a church that lived amidst persecution, that they wanted God to come back and make things right. Does that make sense? So they were hoping for that. They believed that it was coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. Continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. Some great stuff here. And then here it is. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. God has given each of you a spiritual gift. And he talks about a couple, but then at the end, the, the, the most important thing, you didn't get a gift to make you important. You didn't get a gift so that you can sort of be all about what you have and show it off. It's to be used for sure, but verse 11 says, then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. When you are living fully out of who you are, you reflect praise and glory back to God. And that is, as we understand how we're wired and shaped, we live more gloriful lives. A couple other passages that talk about spiritual gifts are Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 8, and 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11, and this passage in 1 Peter. So let me give you a couple of keys about spiritual gifts. This is important stuff. Please stay with me. It's, It's so important for us to hear. Spiritual gifts. There's three lists that we see in the New Testament. They're not meant to be exhaustive. In other words, 1 Peter wasn't meant to get all the spiritual gifts, but no, maybe the church in Corinth is, no. They're naming the gifts that they needed for their specific community to do the one anothering that God was calling them to. The implication will be that we have all the spiritual gifts in this room, in this local community that we need. And that's all ages. Whether you're 5 or 7 or 10 or 15 or 55 or 75, if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you have a spiritual gift. We have all that we need in this room. We just need you. We need you to be who God has called us to be. So they're not exhaustive. Second piece is this. They're given by the Holy Spirit. It's a little bit of what I just said. Let me break this down a little bit. We, We talk about it on occasion, but when you come to follow Jesus Christ, 
When you put your faith or trust in Jesus Christ, what happens is the presence of God actually comes to live inside of you. It's called the Holy Spirit in the Bible. The Holy Spirit comes to dwell inside you. And as that happens, one of the things is you receive spiritual gift or gifts. You are given certain abilities, spiritual abilities, so that we can serve and love one another in exactly the way God has for us to be together. And then here's a beautiful truth. They're given to each believer. Everybody, if you are following Jesus, you have a spiritual gift. If you have a spiritual gift, we need you. We need you to be who God has called us to be. Then understand this. I'm going to go down through a list here in a second. Um, There's no gift that trumps another gift. We're going to read down through the spiritual gifts. And it's not like this one's more important than this one. This one sort of lands here. They're all the gifts that we need to be who God has called us to be. See, if we love one another really well, John 17 says, by our love, the world will know and see. So if we do the one another thing really, really, really well, it's our greatest witness. People see who Jesus Christ is by how we love one another. Here's a simple definition of a spiritual gift out of this book. To God-given special ability, given to every believer at conversion by the Holy Spirit, to share his love and strengthen the body of Christ. Spiritual gifts, it's very much about our life together. Now, we never want to become a church that's just very much about everything that happens in here. We want to look out there. But spiritual gifts are about how we do life together. It's a little bit like a a Thanksgiving meal. I grew up with sort of a big family. When we would have a holiday meal, specifically Thanksgiving, what happened? Everybody had a job. Everybody chipped in. You know, somebody's cutting celery. Somebody's making the stuffing. Somebody's putting the turkey into the... Uh, deep fryer. I've not done that, but it's one of those things I want to do. Um, everybody's chipping in. Somebody's doing dishes. Somebody's setting the table. And that's sort of what spiritual gifts are. Is we need all these together so that we can be who God has called us to be. Like I said, if you are a follower of Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit. If you have the Holy Spirit, you have at least one spiritual gift, if not more. If you have a spiritual gift, listen to this. Kids, parents, grandparents, single folks, listen, if you have a spiritual gift, we need you. We need you in this community to serve in the way God has wired you to serve. So what we're going to do, and this is going to be the interactive piece, I I was thinking this week and I was doing a lot of, I mean, has anybody taken a spiritual gift test? Raise your hand if you've taken one. So a lot of you have taken spiritual gift tests. It's this thing where you'll go through, fill out all these questions. At the end of it, it will tell you what your spiritual gift is. I asked myself this question in the first century. What was the spiritual gift test? Right? Like, I don't think they just Googled spiritual gifts, found a test, filled it out online. And I think what they did is they served and lived together in community They had a sense of what the spiritual gifts, at least amongst them, were, and they were affirmed, they were encouraged, they were built up on. So what I want to do is, and I'm not against spiritual gift tests, but I want to lean a little more towards that. So I'm going to read down through a list of about 20 spiritual gifts with their definition. I'm going to make very little comment. What I want you to do, and kids, this is for you too. If you love Jesus, you have a spiritual gift. 
So what we're going to do is as we read down through it, I want you simply to write down on a piece of paper, on your phone, whatever it might be, a spiritual gift or spiritual gifts you think you have. And then what we're going to invite you to do is start using them. Start using them and see in the affirmation of how you serve the gifts that God has given you. Make sense? Everybody nodding for me a little bit? I know this is a little different. I think it'll be good, okay? So we're going to read down through the spiritual gifts. And like I said, everybody, everybody, when you see one that you think you have, or you're sitting next to somebody and you hear a gift that you know they have, give them the nudge. This is a free time to nudge service, okay? Administration. The God-given special ability to serve and strengthen the body of Christ. You're going to hear that line at the beginning of every gift because it's important to understand gifts are for us loving on each other well. By effectively organizing resources and people in order to efficiently reach ministry goals. Administration. For those of you that have it, the rest of us say thank you because I don't. It's a great gift. Apostleship. The God-given special ability to serve and strengthen the body of Christ by launching and leading new ministry ventures that advance God's purposes and expand his kingdom. The original Greek meaning of the word is sent one. Literally, it's one who is sent with authority. You're an ambassador and you're going out and you're doing God dreams in the world around you. Next one. Discernment. The God-given special ability to serve and strengthen the body of Christ by recognizing truth or error within a message person, or event. Encouragement. The God-given special ability to serve and strengthen the body of Christ by helping others live God-centered lives through inspiration, encouragement, counseling, and empowerment. This is often some of you who you just know when to write little encouragement notes. Get well soon. We missed you. It's, it's, for the rest of us, we have to work on it. We've got to put it on our to-do list. You just do it. Um, next one, evangelism. The God-given special ability to serve and strengthen the body of Christ by sharing the love of Christ with others in a way that draws them to respond by accepting God's free gift of eternal life. I believe every Christian is called to share their faith, but some of you have the gift of evangelism. You can sit down at Starbucks for 10 minutes with somebody, and at the end of it, they've put their faith in Jesus Christ. You have the gift of evangelism. Faith. The God-given special ability to serve and strengthen the body of Christ by stepping out in faith in order to see God's purposes accomplished. Trusting him to handle any and all obstacles along the way. Next one. Giving. The God-given special ability to serve and strengthen the body of Christ by joyfully supporting and funding various kingdom initiatives through material contributions beyond the tithe. Some of you just live with open hands. You want to give away. You have the gift of giving. Healing. The God-given special ability to serve and strengthen the body of Christ by healing and restoring health beyond traditional and natural means. Those who are sick, hurting, and suffering. I believe that God still works in supernatural ways. I don't know that God heals every time, but I think sometimes God heals. And some of you have the gift of working with God in that way. Next page. Helping. The God-given special ability to serve and strengthen the body of Christ by offering others assistance in reaching goals to glorify God and strengthen the body of Christ. The aptitude is sometimes referred to as the gift of helps or service. Great one. Next one, hospitality. The God-given special ability to serve and strengthen the body of Christ by providing others with a warm and welcoming environment for, for fellowship. Some of you are just so natural at that one. Next page. Interpretation. 
The God-given special ability to serve and strengthen the body of Christ by understanding at a specific time God's message when spoken by another using, using a special language unknown to others in attendance. And if you've not been around the church much, this is, this is one of those tough ones, but this correlates to the gift of tongues. That sometimes God speaks through us in a different language, but it's specific and ordered, and you have to understand that there has to be somebody there who can interpret it so that the whole of the body of Christ can be edified. Okay? Next one, knowledge. The God-given special ability to serve and strengthen the body of Christ by communicating God's truth to others in a way that promotes justice, honesty, and understanding. Next page. Leadership. The God-given special ability to serve and strengthen the body of Christ by casting vision, stimulating spiritual growth, applying strategies, achieving success where God's purposes are concerned. Some of you have that. Talked to a guy after the first service. He's like, I wanted evangelism, but I went through this process of discerning and I have a gift of leadership and discernment. Lean into the gifts that God gives you. Mercy. The God-given special ability to serve and strengthen the body of Christ by ministering to those who suffer physically, emotionally, spiritually, or relationally. Their actions are characterized by love, care, compassion, and kindness towards others. Next page. Miracles. The God-given special ability to serve and strengthen the body of Christ through supernatural acts that bring validity to God and his power. We believe that God still does amazing things. Pastoring. The God-given special ability to serve and strengthen the body of Christ by taking spiritual responsibility for a group of believers and equipping them to live Christ-centered life. Shepherding is another word that's often used for this. Next page. Prophecy. The God-given special ability to serve and strengthen the body of Christ by offering messages from God that comfort, encourage, guide, warn, or reveal sin in a way that leads to repentance and spiritual growth. It's sort of like prophecy in the Old Testament. Naming something that's broken in the body of Christ and saying, God's calling us to this new and different reality. Teaching, the God-given special ability to serve and strengthen the body of Christ by teaching sound doctrine in relevant ways. Empowering people to gain a sound and mature spiritual education. Last page. Tongues, the God-given special ability to serve and strengthen the body of Christ by communicating God's message in a special language unknown to the speaker. And like we said, that goes directly hand in hand with interpretation. And then the last one is this. The God-given special ability to serve and strengthen the body of Christ by making wise decisions and counseling others with sound advice, all in accordance with God's will. Now, I hope you thought of or saw or wrote down one or two or three that you think maybe you have. And the invitation, we'll get this out in print as well. We'll get it online in some different places. But the invitation is to start using them. I think we figure out how God has given us these gifts when we use them in the community around us. Okay, on to heart. So that's spiritual gifts. Start using them. We'll, we'll have some other resources to help you along the way in the next couple of weeks. Our heart. So we want this holistic picture of how God has wired us. Spiritual gifts. Next piece is heart, which is really our passions. Matthew 22 says this. You all know the verse. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Not just your mind, not just your soul, sort of the imago de how we're, we're made in the image of God, but actually your heart. The heart is that center of who you are, your passions, your drive, your desire. Somebody put it this way. It's the desire producer that makes us tick. Like when you are living from your heart, and the challenge is the majority of us don't live out of that passionate place, but when we're living from it, we know it. You, you are just in sync. Things are right. So what I want to do is give you a couple sets of questions to help you process the passions that God has given you. And how God maybe is calling you to use those. And this can look in a lot of different ways. 
I mean, I, I think some, some of us think of the work setting where we go, and some of you, probably a small number of you, in the work setting, you live out of your passions, you live out of your heart. A lot of you work to make a living. And so then what does it look like to figure out your shape in that whole setting? So here's a list of questions for your heart, the process. If you want to figure out your heart, figure out your passions, go down this road. First of all, know what drives you. Like what, what drives you? What, what, when you're up at night thinking and dreaming, what is it? For me, it's the local church. God put in my heart a passion for local churches. It's the thing that I think about, I dream about. Know who you care about. Know who you care about. For some of you, that's kids in Africa with HIV AIDS and God has put this passion in you to do something about it. Three, know the needs you will meet. You can't do everything, but you can do something. It's an important word because I think sometimes we look at what God is driving us towards and it seems so overwhelming. Don't do everything, but do something. Know the cause you will help conquer. What is God calling you towards? And then lastly, know your ultimate dreams for God's kingdom. We say it often around here, but we believe that God wants us to be people who are bringing the realities of heaven to earth. It's the Lord's Prayer. It's what we're called to pray again and again and again. And that simply means God's reign where justice and peace and forgiveness and grace rule. We're called to be those people. And we, living out of our passions, can make that more and more true. So that's the process. Um, and it's just, it's a great question. Second set of questions gets a little more on the practical side of things. So how do you take that and begin to really think about it? Here's four questions. And these are all from this book. Absolutely fabulous. Who do you care about? Who do you care about? And the, these can change through time. You, you, you may be a stay-at-home mom saying, right now, my passion, what I care about is my kids. Awesome. Awesome. Figure out how to do that from this place of energy and how God has wired you. So who do you care about? Who do you care about? Second question, what needs will you meet? Begin to get really specific about what needs. When I asked these questions over this last week as I was sitting with this, one of the groups of people that I tend to move towards, that I tend to, to care about, God sort of opens my eyes to them, is people on the fringe. I want to be around people who are wondering about God. I want to be around people who are doubting and maybe have questions of faith. That's who I care about. The need that is to be met is this spiritual sort of need of, of walking with them towards Jesus Christ. Three, what cause will you help conquer? What cause will you help conquer? It could be kids in Mankato who go to school without a lunch. It could be a kid in the Congo who needs supported and a chance at education and life. But get specific with this. What cause will you help conquer? And then the last one, what dream will you fulfill? We don't do enough dreaming at church. We don't do enough dreaming at church. What if we had such a clear vision and picture of God's ultimate reality? Neighborhoods where people loved each other and loved God well. Schools where no one was at the table that just got walked by. What if we dreamed of God's ultimate reality so well? 
where there was no more tears, no more death, no more crying, no more pain, that the way we lived out of passion, out of our heart, begins to make a change about that. Jesus said, as the Father sent me, so send I you. Friends, I think the mission of the church is disciples of Jesus Christ, people who have been wrecked by grace and forgiveness, people who are submitting to the authority of Jesus Christ. I believe it's people like that going out into the world, into their homes, into their neighborhoods, into the school, into places of brokenness and need, and actually doing something about it. That's how God has wired and shaped every one of you in this room. Let's pray. Gracious Father, you, you are the one who has moved towards us, who has um, offered and given your grace, that you are the one that would come and die and rise again, that you would offer us a relationship with the living God where we experience forgiveness and hope and healing where we trust you. And then out of that, you begin to help us see that we are made by you as your masterpiece. And that everybody in this room, God, you have wired and shaped them for a reason. They have a purpose here on earth. And God, I pray by the grace of your spirit that you would give us the eyes to see that and the ability to open our hands and walk towards whatever it is you are moving us towards. I pray this in your name. Amen.